sick and tired of these people coming from Sydney, taking all the houses and then bitching that it sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're like, go back to Sydney then, pricks. <laughs> Stop stealing Sydney. my housing. <laughs> Fuck it. I've always liked the idea of living in Sydney. Like, uh. the idea of it, it sounds really cool, but like... There's no way. Up, and then you actually get there. And it's like, I've oh, actually fuck. been in Sydney and for it's less up. than half an hour. Oh, like I've I've been to Sydney, but not long enough to get a feel of what it would be like to live there. I've been there as a tourist. I got a feel for what it's like to live there in the half an hour I was there, and then I left. <laughs> Didn't even leave the airport. Do you need to? <laughs> Correct. What did I do when I went to Sydney? I went to fucking Questacon. That was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. I went to the Australian Institute of Sports and then I contracted chickenpox. I went there for an assembly and there wasn't enough seats in the car for all of us. So one of my bros went in the boot. <laughs> I was going to say, no, that's how I remember driving roof. around one time. Ah. <laughs> it was funny. So, you know, it's not that bad in Sydney because you're never going fast enough that you get bounced around. You're always doing like 20 kilometers an hour. <laughs> yep. Hmm. And that was enough to be. Say you can go faster, <clears throat> but you really can't. No, you can't. There's way too much traffic. Well, they've got the um, 110, 120. Highways down there, haven't they? I don't know. No. The highway sure. systems. I think the highway system for you guys is pretty simple compared to the states. I was gonna say I'm, I'm pretty sure it varies for us, but I, I know for a fact that there are highways that are like 110, 120 highways. We should make an autobahn. Um, like separate roads or nah. no, 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 just highways with the speed limits increased. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, between, like, what do you call it, Bean Lee, and all the way till um, Smith Street Highway is 110 going to the Gold Coast. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like That's 60s, what I mean, because if you go, if you go, like, further west than the coast, it's, it's, there's so much stretches of just empty highway with no other cars on it. That sometimes they don't even have a speed limit. So it's just like, right, just go as fast as your vehicle will just allow. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> because otherwise, you're going to be out here for months. Specifically, if you're in the Dakotas, if you're in Utah, Nevada, Arizona, or New Mexico. Well, you've got like those oh. interstate highways that are like their only purpose is to get you from one side of a state to the other, or one side of the country to the other. Yeah. Yeah. Like, shit gets fucking weird. Like, right, you don't want to stop in fucking... Albuquerque, New Mexico. Name. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to stop in this particular state on your way. Yep, this highway will get you through as quickly as possible. I mean, sometimes you are actually literally just going through a fucking corner of the goddamn state, and that's it. <laughs> like, for example, uh, if you look on the Google Maps, going from Fargo in fucking North Dakota, you go straight south... You'll go through a corner of North Dakota and a small sliver of South Dakota and you'll be out of it. And into fucking Iowa and or Nebraska. What about Depends Eastern, what about on East and West Dakota? Those don't exist. Yet. Not yet, at least. How long do you and think like, it's going to be, be until the red states seed? Or northwest and southwest. Until what? Until, I was going to say, how long do you think it's going to be until the red states seed and America becomes two separate um, countries. Honestly, it probably won't happen in the same way that people will think it. People like when you say that, I assume that people are gonna think, "Oh, yeah, it's like the Civil War." No, 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 no. With how interconnected the states are now, like it's economically impossible for them to function without the other states. So, like, if one yeah. state secedes, unless it has its own fucking economy that can withstand that secession, it 
it would fail. Like it would actually just become the failed state and need to be fucking rescued by either the UN or depending on what kind of, you know, leadership is over the state, uh, some other entity, Russia, China. Uh, yeah. Any one of the ones that, you know, would happily grab that state. <sighs> Secession is a weird thing with the states because it's not legal for our constitution. Like, Oh, so, no state what if it can legally like, leave the union? There's no mechanism. What if it was like half and half? Do you think yeah. it could be something? Uh, if it was like half of the states? If you had the North United States, it, it and the would South definitely United be states. basically the entirety of the Southern states seceding. Like, so the same ones that did the fucking slavery shit. And then, uh, uh it depends on what happens, but generally speaking, see, a lot like, of those states Nevada, are Arizona, supported there. A lot of those states are entirely dependent on the others. Like, they don't, yeah, they can't support like, themselves anyway. Yeah, like, for example, Louisiana, uh, they, they're fucking dumb in that they subsidized the entire oil industry there. Like, they put stupid amounts of money into the oil industry there. And if they didn't do that, they would actually be able to secede. And this is, you know, all the hypotheticals. They would be able to secede without, you know, immediately collapsing, economically speaking. But because they can't do that, or rather they won't do that, because politicians there are very much in the pocketbook of the oil industry there. Just assassinate uh, yeah. the oil industry. Oh my goodness, that is so much harder than you think with within the states. Like, lobbying makes things so much more difficult to do things non-violently. And violence can work, <laughs> but you need to make it very... Very, um, how do I say it? Look, see, if we wanted very to, we could, final. Just, very final. we could just bop on down to Parliament House and, you know, stick a shank in the Prime Minister, but nobody wants to do that. <laughs> no, it's it's like, you stand to lose so much. Yeah, everyone here is just like, well, I mean, what's the point? Because, you know, just get another one. Yeah, that and... There's there's a plan for if he dies, then then it would be the secretary or yeah, the, I don't know how you know your what system works. Is actually, a plan full? nobody wants to do all that paperwork, warfare. so we just leave him, leave there, him alive. There is not a plan for if we just take all of the oil that ever exists and inject it into space. Well, then we all die because you know, oil comes back to no oil, the atmosphere. And then we go acid back, rain we go back to the fucking medieval era. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not impossible to make oil ourselves. Like, we have plenty of plants that make, you know, latex and rubber derivatives, and we could still make rubber from it. We could that would probably see a surge in the fucking that industry again. But like transporting it would be difficult. We'd probably go back to diesel engines running off fucking corn oil and shit. <laughs> Cause you could do that. You like Diesel engines cool. operate using the auto ignition of the fuel, yeah, because of the pressure that they're put under. So, like, it's not like we'd be entirely shit out of luck. A lot of vehicles would still be just fine, or could be just fine. And we can also make wood gas, which is, you know, uh, the Germans wood used that to power fumes their being they they used it to power the early versions of the Tiger H, Tiger E. Early Tigers, if I remember right, mm. as like a test bed for alternative fuels near the later stages of the war. Yeah, We're instead of using up all the oil. No, today we're not talking about oil. We're not talking about uh, you know scarcity of that stuff or what would happen if you know it all disappeared. No, today we are talking about quantum and quantum limitations of computers, rather. The CPUs and other components within them. Sounds dumb. Sounds like something Stephen Hawking would come over. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we could probably get the same voice mod, but it wouldn't be him. <laughs> and to clarify, I am going to be oversimplifying the absolute shit out of a lot of what I discussed today. <laughs> Wait, did we? Uh, this did is a we... very surface level reading of exactly what is happening. Um. And also, I'm bringing to light a couple other things that are tangentially related because I'm pretty sure it happens because of just quantum shenanigans, like quantum, um, like 
particles, quantum particles are the basic building blocks of our world. And quantum entanglement, um, for those of you who don't know, is where two particles of like matter, just anything, separated, separate, like across light years even or further, can both move in the same way at the same time and be used for many things. It could be used for communication or for just experiments, but we have, like, in a lab actually uh, caused quantum entanglement. Oh! So we used we did it with some grains of uh, salt, if I remember right, where we quantumly linked two grains of salt, and when one moved, the other moved, even though they were, like, I can't remember exactly the distance, but it was more than a couple centimeters apart, which... I know that doesn't sound significant, but it really is, especially for mm. things like physics and uh, quantum Wire- computing and so- all this other. Sounds stuff. to me like wireless transmission of power. Uh, kind of, but that's uh, that's not in the same vein. So the transmission of wireless power is more like using high energy radio waves or lasers or. X-rays or gamma rays to provide power to a system. And that has loss. This is, at at least as far as I can tell, and from what we have been able to determine, lossless transmission of the state from one piece of matter to another. Across a distance without any kind of physical manipulation of it. In any way, shape, or form beyond quantum entanglement. What I was thinking is that like, say if you you quantum entangle two wheels, like two water mm-hmm. wheels, like one of them's being Those powered by a river. are significantly larger yeah, structures, I know, but yes. I know, I know. One's being powered by a river, and the other one and is the set other into a set of there. gears that turns a generator. Well, no, that'd be really inefficient. You'd want to do it like... both of them. Like, you could just double your output. Like, everything gets doubled, because, like, any sort of renewable energy we have, you have like one wind turbine that's actually taking the wind and another one that's quantum entangled that just spins that's, by itself. Then you don't need the wind. You could like double all your output apart from solar no, panel. That's no, that's not how that works. That does. You'd, you'd lose because, energy. So the, the, the way it works is that wind. whatever happens to one happens to the other and whatever mm. happens to the other happens to the first one. Like it's linked. So whatever happens to one, happens to the other. So if that one on the other side is experiencing friction, the one that is trying to act on the other will also experience that same friction, even though Uh, it's under different conditions. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's why you'd have one that's spinning in a river. It's like rotating two gears just on the same axle without Mm. a differential or anything. It's just straight, hey, if this one's stopped, this one's also going to be stopped. If this one rotates, that one's going to rotate the same way. Yep. Right, yeah. and yep. that is that applies across multiple different things, but we see it most commonly within the smallest uh, particles that we know of. You know, like el- atoms, electrons, quarks, mm. and gluons, and all that other shit. But like what I'm but we're doing talking is like, theoretically, you could have a dam that doesn't have to be connected to anything by cables because you need to have a the transmission center with the quantum entangled thing that spins. And the transmission center at the city is making power right there, rather than in the dam, however far away that is. Okay, that's better in that it, you know, cuts out power lines, but I'm not certain that would work with the size. Like, with our understanding right now, a grain of salt is, like, the biggest I think we've properly gotten a physical interaction to translate using... Are you telling me we can't make a water wheel out of a grain of salt? It would not be practical for anything that we want to do for it. But we want to use... So what we're doing for it instead is we're using it to make um, quantum computers. Uh, That's an entirely separate beast. And that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about traditional computers. And how them getting smaller and smaller and smaller has started to get to the point where quantum physics becomes a problem. Uh. Or rather... The, the physics that are quantum specifically are becoming a problem for us. Because at first, it was normal physics, where, okay, the device gets too hot, and so it starts melting its own solder, and then it falls out. Or, oh, mm. hey, 
we don't know how these uh, biometallic strips or this germanium crystal interacts with all these other elements to get a uh, a PNP or an MPN uh, transistor. Like so, that's so those two types of transistors are using doped silicon and stuff like that to change states and change how the like the device reacts. Are you telling me that, um, that our silicon in our computers is on dope? Uh, no, so doping is where we apply uh, something like ytterbium uh, or another like element, and we impregnate the pure silicon wafer with uh, an even layer, uh, I say even layering, mostly even distribution of that element. Uh... But we don't make it like an alloy. It's hard to explain exactly what it is, but... Um, is it like yeah. a strengthening component, though? Like, it just strengthens yeah, the well, silicon? It, no, what it does is it makes it so that the flow of electrons changes. Oh. So, silicon on its own is, uh, depending on the way it's structured, is can be dielectric, which doesn't, you know, conduct electricity, or hmm. it conducts electricity, but only in a specific way. Doping it changes how it conducts electricity and how electrons move through the material. And, um, like, with larger chips, right, these chips, you know, we don't have to worry that about that too much. Generally, it's like a physical switch, or um, if we go back to the first computers, it's a tube full of gas with an anode and a cathode to, uh, you know, allowing the flow of electrons in an atomized, you know, or uh, in a plasma of some kind, or an ion stream. And mm -hmm. that's how those old, you know, uh, tubes worked, is they would just have the, their various cathodes and anodes, and they would, as the computer went through its, you know, rigmarole, it would be either physically switched with a rotating, you know, drum hitting a specific, like, closing a circuit to allow uh, ions and electrons to flow, or it would be through one tube warming up, which then opens up the pathways to let other tubes warm up, and so on and so forth. A lot of them are a hybrid of electric and mechanical interfaces. So, like punch cards, they physically depress switches or, you know, levers that then close certain circuits, and that allows tubes to warm up. And then once they warm up enough, and then they start, you know, transmitting electrons and electricity, they go through the rest. Right. Anyway, mm. so we're now getting to the point where things are so small. I can get a small computer that's the size of a credit card to fit in my hand to play games on. What? Yes. Legit. Like, Damn. Legit. I have I have in front of me an Ardu Boy FX. It is an 8-bit computer, and I can play video games on it. Can it run Doom? Damn. Or look at your freaking phone. Yeah, well, fine. That phone yeah. is hundreds of times more powerful than the computers we had in the 1980s that mm. build whole goddamn rooms and warehouses. Yep. <laughs> that were also prone to catching fire and had to literally be debugged because bugs get into them and then they would connect two traces when they stepped on them. Yeah. And they would cause a short, causing the computer to stop working properly. That's where we get the word debugging from. You literally is are that, debugging uh... the mainframe. There's a YouTube channel with a guy who uh, plays Doom on everything. Um, Doom on potatoes with a calculator. <laughs> yeah, he's done uh, played Doom on a pregnancy test, like all yeah. kinds of stuff like that. Like it's it's amazing. Playing Doom on the John Deere of... tractor was amazing. I think <laughs> that was we have uh, we have disposable computers now. Yes, we do. Huh? They're smartphones. How long do you have a smartphone? As long as I oh, can, even, even, I want to spend more money. As long as you can, but some people, they get a new smartphone every year. Because they're, yeah, they're dumb. Yeah, well, <laughs> It could be for other reasons. I'm not going to say it's dumb, but it is quite wasteful. They have oh, no like, money and not enough sense. Make it, you know, no, it's not even yeah. that they have too much money, bro. Like, some of these people who do that, they're, like, literally broke. 
And then they go on the news about, oh, I can't feed my family. But then they've got new iPads and new iPhones and new TV. And you're like, yeah, I can see why you're broke and can't and, feed your and family. And if they had just yeah. a little bit less money so they couldn't afford them, they'd be fine. Yeah. Or they also just, <laughs> so again, know, too much money, not enough sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, because I remember watching one TV show. And like, it was with, you know, um, how we have housing commission in Australia. Mm-hmm. Just like this chick complaining about she couldn't feed her family that they didn't have enough money off the doll, but then like the kids are sitting there playing on their iPads and they got like a seventy-inch TV in the lounge room and yeah. they're showing this on TV. And you're just like, come on, they have money. How they have these things? Yeah, <laughs> it gets weird. Have the, they have the audacity to go on news and show it all. I know, right? We don't have money. <laughs> I can't imagine why. Hmm. No. But, yeah. So right, we we're getting to the point where the computers are so small and the chips that are making them are so small that weird things start to happen. For example, and this hap- this started happening once we started getting into the solid state. Uh, well, not even in the solid state, even in the uh early computers we had to worry about this <clears throat> but it wasn't more it wasn't very prevalent until we really started packing things tightly on you know integrated circuit boards and uh-huh. it's called metal whiskering troy you're a welder right yes okay do you do do you see ever see like pieces of metal that are really fuzzy for some reason no he oh. does industrial welding, so... Yeah, it's still that. possible, because if he, you know, worked on a zinc-plated part, yeah, no, he we, might we see something like this. mostly deal with just mild Galvanized. Steel. I've seen something similar, but I think Ooh. it's mostly because of uh, magnetic, like... Filings. Uh, oh. Filings. Like that. Yeah, so this is a bit of an extreme example that I just posted to y'all. Yeah. But that That's... is a zinc-plated... Uh, fastener for pipes growing whiskers. Like, mm. literal whiskers from its surface. And what we are they don't made of? Un- uh, uh, they're made of the metal. Like, so they are zinc we- whiskers. The metal is just yeah, there's zinc whiskers. Itself. And the other thing that happens is it happens with um, all parts in ICs. So, like, the solder that, you know, you mount down to hold through whole components in place or anything else for that matter can grow these whiskers and they aren't always that fuzzy sometimes they're crystalline looking structures other times they're just weird nodules that just kind of pop up around where it is but if uh, we're working on components small enough those whiskers can be as small as or smaller than a human hair and can wow. cause a short to occur in a place that you cannot physically access without literally desoldering and removing the component wow. to clean it off and then put it back on. And sometimes they could form and break off and land somewhere else to cause a short. That sounds annoying, honestly. <laughs> it, it is something that's very annoying. The way that we mitigate this is uh, to use... Conformal coating, which is generally a silicone uh, cover suspended in uh, as a solvent of some kind. So basically, paint only a little bit more aggressive. Mm. It's not meant to come off. Mm. Um, the bigger dangers for it, though, or at least for the earlier computers, is metal vape arcing, where metal vape, metal vapor arcing, where mm. there's enough current that goes through that tiny, tiny whisker that it becomes. A plasma, and then suddenly the plasma Yay. is capable of carrying hundreds, if not thousands, of amps of you know energy, which is pure current and energy, right? So that could immediately yeah. cause a catastrophic failure of certain components, and it could last only for a couple seconds. I say a couple seconds, literally thousands of a second or less, right? Right. Mm. That's that's one issue that we have with components getting this small. Damn, though. Yeah, it's scary. And it's something that's caused 
multiple false false alarms through multiple industries. Oh, I'm being called. Uh, oh no. It's my wife. Oh yes, that's important. Nah. Oh, do you want to get hit? <laughs> my wife. I don't, <laughs> Just answer the call. I don't think that's how that works, Darian. I don't know. I know. Darian, least... do, you, do you need to talk to someone? You're being hit by your wife. <laughs> no, I don't have one. <laughs> are you being hit by someone that's not your wife? No, people are scared of hitting me because I can take everything else apart easy from question, being touched. Easy answer. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I promise it wasn't going to take that long. <laughs> Generally, it's very quick and easy. Hey, can can you explain exactly why? Like, oh, yeah, this is why. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> obviously, metal whiskers are a problem. But that's only one part of our ever smaller and smaller computers. Mm. We all use electricity in these computers, right? Yeah, maybe. Except for the weird mechanical ones. I was gonna say, I assume so. Yeah, well, you would hope well, so. There's, but there, there's, there's mechanical computers that run yeah, without there's mechanical computers. Where do you think the first computers came from? Oh, we're going off that. I mean, like a proper computer that can do computing, or at least okay. So, so computers like... initially started as literal computation for pure number work. Yeah, what we have today like are general purpose computers, tabulators, things like that, calculators. Well, that's where they started from, and they could be made physically. Yeah. Like, that's a whole other topic of mechanical design and engineering that's really cool, and also has lots of really good firsts, because uh, you can probably look at things such as the Enigma machine, where it's an electromechanical computer for encryption mm. and cryptography, mm. as an example of the melding of the two. Because computers, as we know them today, today first got their start really in the the nineteen thirties, nineteen forties. It wasn't yes, until uh... later that things really started kicking off and really getting well developed. Well, it had to start somewhere. Well, everything starts somewhere, but generally we start with like the mechanical stuff, where it's like you rotate a crank to provide the energy for the system and then it takes what you input initially before you start cranking to yeah. then figure out the problem and certain problems can't be solved because of the way that it, it was actually designed like for example it can't handle zero divided by zero like yeah. if they don't design it properly it will actually just bind up the machine and you have to take it all apart to reset it or you'd have oh. to tap the reset switch or whatever it is or pull the reset switch but what, it legitimately, like, you'd have to pull it all apart just to fix yeah, it? Yeah, legitimately. Like, some probably were like that. I say probably because I'm still learning about them myself. Mm. Like, it's really interesting seeing where we've come from. Um, but, yeah, we use we use electricity for our modern computers today, right? Yeah. Well, electricity is the flow of electrons, right? Mm -hmm. Probably. Electrons are really small. We are now getting small enough where electrons can look at a wall of atoms with their own electrons and say, you know what? I want to be on the other side of that. And they'll just jump. Oh. Wow. Which is why I brought in quantum entanglement. Because that is in a similar vein is what they're doing now. Quantum entanglement hmm. is something that we use for quantum computers and other th fun things like that. But this is a problem because... One or two electrons jumping, that generally can be handled. It's when you have a whole bunch start jumping and ignoring the the gates that your computer uses to make decisions and to process information. Because mm. at, at the end of the day, all our computers are a bunch of and or gates, XOR gates, neither or gates, or null gates that uh, flip and, you know, react to inputs. So, like, yeah. if, for example, an end gate, it has to have both inputs as on. So, one and one is now zero, or is now one. Whereas, if it's one and zero, it stays zero. Right. That's binary. That's why, that's why binary. we use binary, is because it's on or off. 
one or zero. Open or closed for the gate for the flow of electrons. Right. And probably also because of just a couple other weird things. Like that's that's how I understand it though, is that we, we use binary because it's a representation of the gates in the computer. Flipping open or flipping closed. So electrons are crossing those gates, and that's not good because that means that a gate will open up spontaneously on its own mm. and cause a cascading crash. So we have like computers, for example, in spacecraft, there's like three or four computers that run in parallel that must agree before they do whatever action that they're trying to do. Oh, not just in spacecraft, in aeroplanes. Oh, not just in spacecraft, but lots of... But spacecraft is the most, you know, easily understood one. Like, hey, radiation's hitting it, and, you know, stray electrons come from a random space radiation. Oh. My favorite so kind you, of you radiation, want... random space radiation. It's not... It's, you know, it's, it's random as far as I can say, like, yeah. It's random. It's random in that it is not something that we can plan for. Um, we'll just like plan we can't for it. say it, like, we can't say the electrons will come from exactly this space. No, it comes from everywhere. It can come from an X-ray hitting a particle, then causing a random, uh, you know, electron to pop off for whatever reason. So we're already reaching the literal limit of how small we can get our components because of quantum tunneling as it's called because it's just going from one side of the gate to the other like it just went right through a tunnel almost is one way to describe it we'll just stop it from going through the tunnel there aren't very many ways to do that like why not it's it's operating on a layer of physics that we understand but not enough to stop it i don't think so we we are working on ways to stop it, but like that requires uh, a higher level of material design than we have right now that can be reasonably put into mass production. Right. So if like w- like so that's why quantum computing is coming up now is because we want to, instead of trying to fight that fight, because it's actually a lot harder to handle that, (laughs) it's easier if we say, okay, let's just take the way this works and use it to make a new type of computer. And these new computers are really powerful. They're really, really cool, too. They are, the early iterations especially, were leading-edge technology, like, they had to be cooled with liquid helium or liquid hydrogen if they could get it. Um, liquid nitrogen generally is used for like small tests of you know uh, design. Uh, I apologize designs. for the dog noises. Ah, no, you it's cat. dogs. Yeah, it's cat the, the cat. Dog. <laughs> the fact that you named your dog cat. Terrible. It's funny. <laughs> it reminds me of the joke of my cat's name is Cat. It's short for Katrina, and my dog's name is Dog. It's short for Douglas. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> so my dog's we've reached, is... we've started to reach that limitation, and we're trying to find ways around it. But the best way that we've started to work around it is to literally just use it as a new model for computing. Hmm. And the way we've started doing it is we take so quant so there's quantum states. There's one, zero, and then there's one and zero. It can be in both states at once. Quantum quantum states change upon observation. So like if you look at a quantum particle, it will collapse in on itself and become either one or zero in this example. Up or down, left or right, whatever you want to call it, right? Just don't look at it. But that's 
not something that we can do. We, well, there is a way we can do it. Hold on. It's really hard <laughs> to describe just how complicated this is. Like, I, I, I'm trying to give a very uh, concise and service level review, but oh my god, it, there's so much more to it than just us observing it. Or just us not observing it. There's, like, how do we get a quantum state that we can then use to, you know, control a computer? And how are we doing it in the first place? Mm. Like, how are we going to do it with this, um, you know, device? Um, there's a lot of different ways. Uh, and it's hard because I'm honestly not sure where to start with um, exactly how they function beyond they use the way a quantum state works to accelerate how fast like accelerate the quant computation of numbers like the moment you look at it it should collapse in a cascade and give you the answer you're looking for mm. and it should be accurate we mm. already have that as an example with current quantum computers that are being used to like go through multiple iterations of prime numbers much faster than before we're using them to discover new ways to um improve encryption and to also defeat encryption because mm. a lot of our public infrastructure like for example your google drive your you know amazon accounts your youtube accounts your email and other services are all pinned on encryption. Yeah. A public key infrastructure, uh, you know, certificates of trust, all all this stuff is quant uh, are, is a type of cryptography that currently, at least as it exists now, cannot be reasonably brute forced in any amount of time unless you purposely go for the weakest possible you know, encryption and the weakest possible answers to your encryption. Yeah. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be seeing a lot of quantum computing getting into banking and warfare and communications more than, you know, my pocket and your pocket as a smartphone or, you know, underneath my desk as a computer. Because yeah, it's it's currently as it stands not really reasonable to have a quantum computer in your room. No, nah, what, you don't what need we it. do with our computers as a day uh, as a daily user? What do you do? You play video games. You you know, do all do research. Stuff. Use the internet. I Use internet. You know, work on this podcast. I record <laughs> yes. this podcast. <laughs> there's there's lots of things that we do that don't need that power and that like level of computation nah like the, the, we just don't need it and also it, it would require it would raise the barrier of entry to a lot of industries if everything was something quantum like well, it makes things really expensive at the moment really expensive as well yes because at least as of right now they use superconductors which the only superconductors we have that are worth a damn are all ones that work in, you know, near uh, absolute zero temperatures mm. or around there. So, like, negative, uh, I think it's like negative 245 degrees Celsius. Wow. It's, uh, it's zero degrees Kelvin. We're getting so... Because zero degrees Kelvin is absolute zero. Yeah, I was wrong. It was actually two hundred seventy negative two hundred seventy three point one five degrees C. That is Very absolute cold. zero. Very and Very that is fucking cold. That is, as far as we know at this time, the lowest possible temperature. Um, clarification: It is not the lowest entropy state. Enthalpy state, entropy state. Yeah, point is, is that it's not the absolute lowest form of energy. Because even at absolute zero, you still have some energy. Mm. They're like, 
I'm pretty sure you can't exist in an energyless state. At Why least not? Not in the same way as we understand existence. Well, I mean, oh. for one, like, the, the way we function as human beings and as organisms as a whole is that we have energy. Whether it's through chemical reactions, whether it's through uh, electrical currents stimulated by these chemical 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 reactions, um, we exist as a chaotic mass of energy. To put it bluntly, mm. if we were at absolute zero, we would cease to function. Yeah, and yeah, because it's negative two hundred and seventy something would be fucking yeah. Dead. But like, yeah, assuming the Long temperature guard. itself didn't kill us, it's what happens at that temperature that would also stop us from functioning because like the, the molecules slow down to the point really of... happen. Yeah, there, there's just not enough energy to really, you know, what's the word? Exist because temperature is a a a way to uh, you know understand energy, but it's not the one and only way to have energy. And this is now getting to a wild tangent about other physics things, but yeah, like there's a lot more to it than just uh, absolute zero. But anyway, like quantum computers need a lot of resources. They need a lot of space. They need a lot of cooling, and their components are really fucking expensive. Oh, yeah. Like, think hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars expensive. Mm. Just for development, not even actual running costs. That's a lot of dollars. Oh, yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter if it's Australian, Canadian, American, or whatever. Like, it's an obscene amount of money. It's fucking American military industrial complex levels of money. It's baffling how much there is for just computers. But they have uses. They they do lots of really cool, especially for like weather and for simulations, especially like they trounce traditional computers. Because oh, yeah. They just do so much more. Well, there's just so much more calculation that they can do. Yeah. And, and they can do it so much faster. The problem is, is that, well, once they start heating up, if you don't have the cooling capacity, they just, you know, burn themselves out quite literally. Yeah, they literally die from overheating. <laughs> yeah. And that's the same thing with computers nowadays, because there's a certain point where magnetism and also, like, electrical electron density just stops being a thing. It's the Curie temperature. Mm. If Mary I remember Curie? Right. And... No, maybe tangentially related to the same Curie that did radiation. I'm mm. not certain. I think it is. Freddie Mercury. <laughs> I mean, I would think so, but I don't know if it is. We'll just figure it out. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Pierre is Kirk, there Curie. Fifty percent chance it either is or it isn't. Yeah. It, okay. It exactly is 50. not of Marie Curie. It is of Pierre Curie. Pierre Same Curie person. was the one who did... No, 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 no. Marie Curie is the one who did the Curies for radiation and all that jazz. And then Pierre Curie is the one who did uh, the Curie temperature for magnetism as well as uh, his electricity. Okay, what did he actually study? He was a pioneer and studied crystallography, magnetism, piezoelectricity, which is, you know, the production of electricity by crystals under pressure, wow. and radioactivity. Were they both French? And... Mier Shadowski-Curie. I don't think she was French as well. No, she was, in fact, from the Russian Empire. Mm. Sound like a French name. <laughs> I mean, Curie. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I would say it might be coming from France, but I don't know. Pretty sure her name is... Yeah, her name is specifically Marie Salomea Laudowska Curie. I can I probably butchered the shit out of that. That's a lot of name. Yeah, I butchered it. Oh, well. <laughs> but yeah, the Curie right. temperature is the point at where a lot of materials lose their permanent magnetic properties, and... Magnets are also a way that we, you know, have, like, electrons are magnetism. 
Mm. So if if the electrons are all lined up and if their fields are all lined up, let's see, paramagnetic, paramagnetic. There's I know there's a reason behind it. I have to find it. I hate that. Approaching cherry. Critical spawn. Okay, that's now getting really into physics where I'm like, because uh, for context, once again, as a I take care of printers for a living. I don't. I don't do this shit. This shit is real weird and new Complex. for me. <laughs> yeah. But mm. uh, huh. yeah. It doesn't look like there's actually a relation. I'm wrong. It doesn't seem like there's a relation between magnetism and electrons. I would think there would be at least. Well, some well electromagnets. I mean, that's. Um. So electromagnetism is. I think it's basically describing the same thing, because electricity and magnet can be caused by magnetism, and magnetism can be caused by electricity. They're two sides of the same coin. Mm. You can't have one without the other being somewhere nearby. What or if being possible. What if they're two sides of a different coin? That'd be very interesting. Same, uh, yeah. Or the same side of different coins. Yeah, we're getting to the weird physics part where part of me wants to stop because oh my god, my my physics te my chemistry and physics teachers would be very disappointed in me for just all the butchering the heck out of it, <laughs> and also just butchering you know all the uh, minutia of it. It, yeah, but yeah, quantum computing is in general what we're aiming to normalize, at least for big corporations, for weather purposes, and for cryptography, especially, and Those for monitoring people. Well, no, we could do that with normal machines. Like, monitoring yeah. is still going to be done through satellites, through uh, information crawling on the web, on the internet at large. Like, it's, if you have enough information in aggregate, you can tell a lot about a person. And this is now breaking away from the quantum limits of computing and generally quantum stuff in general, and now into more of privacy and stuff, but... Uh, you know what? Yeah, it's that bad and it's not that off t uh, it's off topic but that's okay a small tangent is fine right yeah and what Big about um, tangents what about um eh. dna how they like start looking into using dna as an information oh. carrier <laughs> does that have yes. anything to do with are we making that computers is out of actually DNA? actually a separate entire field are we are There's we making computers out of dna well, not exactly. Yes, we're doing. We're we're using. We're actually trying to make. So, there's a YouTube out there doing this kind of experimentation, but there's also proper science. I say proper science, like he's a proper scientist, probably. There's there is work being done on making wetware, which is computers made out of flesh and bone and blood. What I thought they were using DNA. the blood as an information carrier. Basically, well, just DNA like the... is being used as the information carrier, but like in general, what they're doing is they're using um, neurons to be the interface that holds the program and that interfaces with uh, inputs and outputs. So, mm. for example, our, our brains are just our brains are just organic computers. Yes, our brains are it's organic not... computers that are chemically run. They're running off chemicals and the electronic signals that are generated from those chemical reactions in our, you know, neurons. So they're just neurons. trying to replicate that. Yeah. yeah, but they don't even understand how the brain works. So how are they going to replicate the brain? I'm pretty sure no, they we do. know how it works no. on the micro level, but not on the macro level. Yeah. So that's... like we understand how each cell individually, you know, works. We have a not... very basic understanding like there are a lot of questions about well, the brain the whole which they can't is lost answer. to us yeah it, it's not that we don't understand how it works it's just we don't understand how all why of it works. it works and why all of it works the way it works we understand yeah. that we have you know chemical signals throughout our brain but it's so you know complicated and so dense that mm. 
we can't just, you know, pull it out and be like, ah, yes, this is the part of the brain that handles this, and this is the part of the brain that handles this, and this neuron does this, and there. No, it's not that. It's uh, so much more complicated than that. It's us oh, yeah. looking at a brain going, okay, this area from regrettably terrible practices, when we lobotomize that area, they change. So this area is probably related to these functions, and this area is probably related to these functions, and all sorts of other stuff. But well, they do, they lobotomize people just to figure I out I mean, they what... have, like, so a lot of our information that we have on how, what parts of the brain do what come a lot from asylums experimenting on their patients. Oh, wow. When we had less strict ethical, you know, concerns about how we treat mental patients or people with autism or, uh, you know, mental illnesses and other things like that. Yeah. From a different time where the human life was not valued as much. Well, but it did yeah. provide us a lot of information that we mm. have since expended upon in more I want to say, hopefully, more, you know, legal ways and less ethically questionable ways. Well, I just go humane ways. <laughs> humane ways, yeah. Well, so you can be humane and still be ethically questionable. I mm. imagine, at least. I'm always eth eth ethically questionable. You're ethnically questionable. Sure, that too. Did I say ethnic or ethic? No, you said ethic. Troy sound said ethnic. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... Yeah, I was really confused for a second. But it's yeah, like, wait a second. Yeah. That's, that That was the, the, the quantum limitations of computing, in a nutshell. And it's a very, very surface-level reading of it. It's a very surface-level com uh, quantum computing. It only it explained the mechanism of, of how it works on, like, only a, you know one gateway, like you look at the particle and then it collapses onto either one or zero, and until then it's both. Mm. And the computer can work on that, but once again, I am not able to provide a satisfactory explanation in an hour. One no. or less. It, it is that a lot complex. Involved. There is so much information. I could go through the Wikipedia article and just read it line by line, but I would not be able to understand it, and it would be insulting to our audience to assume whom that I could in the first place. Or that I have the answer to their questions, which would be probably many and thousands. It's better oh, yeah. to give them a service-level view of at least how I understand it, and then if they decide to learn more on their own, whether it's through Wikipedia or more professional sources, like I pulled up a paper from 2008 that was a very quick rundown of what uh, it was. And I mm -hmm. closed it on accident from uh, Virginia, uh, from a Virginia state IT. Oh, no, it's not. Okay. From Virginia.edu, there is a small PDF on the limits of quantum computers, and that's what I pulled to do a lot of reading and, and research on this. But I, it's it's eight pages of mostly text with some really good artwork, but also a lot of stuff that I just don't understand yet. Mm. Like I have a very surface level of it, and he breaks it down greatly, but like. It's 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 not enough. If you want to read it, you're more than welcome to see it in the chat here, gentlemen. But TLDR, it it goes down over. Hey, here's the limitations of quantum computing at that time because this is from 2008. This oh well, then we would have made definitely we've made, leaps made... And bounds. Since oh yeah, then. but at least like, it'd give you a really basic overview. Yeah. And some of the information will probably be wrong, but, like, you can corroborate what it says with what's on Wikipedia. Because, yes, Wikipedia is not a source, but neither is, like, Webster, Webster's, you know, Britannica or whatever. They're not also a source, but they're a collection of information that most reasonable people can point at and say, you know what? That's accurate. That's accurate enough for what I learn or do. Yeah. Well, like, apart from going into, like, scientific papers and actually, like, reading through where people are actually doing studies on it right now, but 
depends if you can. Well, you can't. I don't think that's something you can get access to without spending money in. No, there there are free ways to get scholarly papers. The problem, though, right now is thanks to the surge of AI generated content. Um, hmm. you can find some papers that are out there that are written by AI, and <laughs> um. The AI that has been released, large language model AI that's been released via chat GPT and BARD and Bing's AI, chat GPT AI implementation, um, yeah. they all make things up. It yeah. sounds reasonable, and it sounds you know perfectly viable. Until that's you have an SME look at it and go, wait a minute, that's not how that works. You're wrong. And the computer will not only double down on it, but will <laughs> deny that you're wrong and that you are not the subject matter expert. It is, and that it is smart. Plenty than of you. people do that. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of people do that too, but the computer it's funny doing that, that is just to a do little... that. <laughs> it's funny. It's like, hold on. Your computer's supposed to be better than us. It's not. Well, it's as good as us. <laughs> when it comes to information, the computer just like doubles down and goes, no, it's not. It's exactly yes, how like, I said it that's is. Literally how it works, and because the AI is really hard. AI is really, really hard to properly, you know, filter the inputs and outputs for. Because mm. one wrong thing, and you could poison everything. And we've gone well past what I initially started discussing, but that's fine. Yeah, we 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 ended it. I think twenty minutes ago. Mm. I say we ended it. Well, I do we have to say we've. We've actually received a piece of fan mail. Wait, really? Oh, really? And yeah. it's not from one of our mothers, but like actually a person or... Well, I mean, if one of our mothers wrote this, I'd be concerned. Yeah. Oh, what does oh it no. Say? So today's fan mail comes from Lord Onion 69 who writes, What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> this podcast is far from casual, nor would I describe you as a collective. Cannibalize your weakest member. <laughs> Sincerely, Lord Onion sixty nine. Where'd you find this? From where? From what? Oh, is it from the email? <laughs> I just love cannibalize your weakest member. Well, Damn it, that's probably me. <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. So Troy is a welder. I am working with printers. I'm a teacher. But I do have a gun and I have ammo. I have a yeah, gun. It doesn't and make no you ammo. not weak. I'm I tall mean, and I can run very fast for a long time. I'll just run away. <laughs> this podcast is far from casual. Well, I think we're kind of casual. I think uh, we're kind of casual. But I agree that it'd be hard to describe us as a collective. Yeah, but who cares? It's a name. So when who, <laughs> who sounds who is alright? Cannibalize. I don't know. Cannibalize. I don't know. I don't know. Where did you yeah. read this? This was sent to me. Like, directly like, to you. Well, no, to, like, didn't we... Don't we have an email? Yeah, yeah realized... we I have... control the email. Ah, oh, yeah, well, that's weird. Yeah, how did you get this piece of mail? So this is probably someone that, that knows that I'm part of this podcast. Ah, oh, so oh. probably, like, a mate? Maybe. <laughs> But I don't know anyone who goes by Lord Onion sixty nine. Yeah, but that's I just mean, like a random name generator, like you know. Possibly. Still, I mean, cannibalize maybe... your weakest member. Who is that? Darren. Yes. Yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll I'll get the the fire going. No, leave me alone. I am running away right now. You're on an <laughs> island. Where the fuck can you run to? Huh? It's a pretty big island. Yeah, it's a pretty big island, but he's he the uh, the meme is fucking Australia. Everything wants to kill you. Yeah, nah, yeah. nah. Everything, everything wants everything to kill you chill. if you if you mess with it. So just don't well, mess. Unfortunately, with it. Alone. I mean, fortunately for Darian, you'd probably taste the worst out of all of us. Yeah, yeah probably because I'm really tall and lean, so not very. Yeah. The rest you know. of us have got a bit of a bit of fat layer. Oh, so do I, bro. Like, you should see my tummy these days. I've actually put on weight, which I like. I liked initially because I could fit all my pants properly. They weren't all too big. But now it's getting to the point where I need to start running and going to the gym. I have often. the opposite problem. Yeah, I have a belt. 
And I have a belt for many reasons. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Lord Onion 69. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Lord Onion whoever you are, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's just that's just like something you say. No, no, no. Be like, we just gotta fun. we gotta tell all the all the fan mail we get gets a big fuck you. <laughs> well, not all of what them. if they're really nice? So what, you're just going to be, like, rude to somebody who's, like, really yeah. nice? Yeah, so it's this old man who's coming in saying, Great job, boys, I think you're doing a great job. Fuck you, old Fuck lady. You, man. <laughs> oh my god, anyone, why? Anyone who listens to this podcast would gladly accept a fuck you when, when if we read fan mail. Would they? Would, would they? they probably. Really right, I don't well, know. I don't you got Hopefully... some really... I don't know. You got some really weird people who take everything too personally. So if you do that to somebody like that, you'd this would end up having like uh, just a crowd of people being like, "You guys are bigots and rude." There, and rap. There's a reason why. <laughs> what I are would they going to do about much it? Like to never live stream this because being swatted it would suck. Yeah, but you're the only one at risk of that. Yeah. Yeah. Regrettably, I don't want that to happen. Thank you very much. Why would I you like get living? I'd we don't talk about America like that. Yeah, but uh, you know, we don't cover anything. I mean, I've like... got an episode planned on how to commit domestic terrorism, so I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I may never get around to actually producing it, but you know. I've got an episode planned on um, war. the, the yeah. how to make a uh, nuclear bomb from parts in your backyard. Yes. There was a kid who did that, wasn't there? Here in the States. I'm pretty sure there was a kid who did that here in the States. Oh, really? The Boy Scouts made a badge for, like, nuclear stuff, and he went above and beyond. And, and... made a bomb. Who is no, contracting he, the he Boy Scouts to create nuclear components? <laughs> Legalize nuclear bombs. He wanted to make a working uh, nuclear uh, power plant. I'm How not, do we always vision. come back to creating nukes? No, it is fission. Fission first. Fusion it's just a part of right. our life. Our life. Uh, my life. I'm in America. You're not. Yeah, but we're all here to make <clears throat> nuclear bombs. That's our only who's got purpose next in week's next week's episode. Who's got Give that? Yeah. What are you going to cover? I'm going to do, um, I found a really interesting article about how photosynthesis is starting to plateau while CO2 levels are still going up. Right. Hey, so I find that existential dread. Well, I don't know. I just find that really interesting. Like, why would that be happening? Because in the last few years, like, CO2 has been going up, but photosynthesis has managed to stay on the same level. As the CO two increases, but well, there's probably only the same amount of trees. Well, yeah, it might have to do with that. I haven't done extensive well, research yet. It's but... not just trees, but it's green matter overall. Anything that can right. process carbon dioxide into a fixed form, so like you know, uh, shells, for example, with uh, what is it called? Dino, not dinoflagellates. Some other, I can't remember. Hmm. Like well, look forward small, to the discussion uh, on that. Diatoms, that's what they're called. They make shells. We'll talk more they're about that next week. Yeah. yeah. Next and week. And it's not the plankton that you think it is. It's not. <laughs> I have the secret creeper ready for it. No, oh, you mean, do you mean the stuff that lives in the plankton. ocean? Yeah. That the whales eat? Yeah. No, but that, that plankton also lives in the ocean. Yeah, plankton also lives in the ocean, but plankton... Uh, they make the, the diatoms, they make the shells out of carbon dioxide and a couple other components, and that's oh. how we get limestone. Oh, really? Yeah. That's limestone cool. is diatome. Diatomaceous earth is just diatome dust. Anybody got a closing statement? Uh, fuck that one guy. Lord <laughs> Onion 69. I guess today is a collective yeah. fuck Lord Onion 69. Yeah, but I very casually. I, I hope to receive more fan mail, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you hang on, hang specifically on. were the one yeah. who got it. And yeah, I, I, was, I, I find it. these sort of things funny. So I know, it's like, right? All right, okay. Don't to ruin prove... it and make people be like, oh, they're just going to like call us out. <laughs> <laughs> to prove so that on, we are casual. More... And Yes, it was sent to me personally. It's got to be somebody who knows you then. 
And it's gotta well, be to them. prove that we but... are casual and a collective, we should give a collective fuck you, I think, is a nice... Just, just fuck you. Nice yeah, little you. casual collectively end. Ready? Yeah. Anyone want to give a countdown? Oh, fuck countdowns. One, fuck you. Two. Three. Fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. you, Lord. God damn it, Darian. <laughs> well, that was not a collective. No, we're not a hive man. We're a group <laughs> of individuals communicating over the internet. Yeah, exactly. We're collective if I move. And I ain't moving because that's expensive as fuck. Nah, oh, yeah. Here. It's good. Good shit. Yeah. Fuck you. Lord. Come to Australia. The best Australia. We don't oh, have Iggy Azalea. <laughs> what the fuck is Iggy Azalea? Uh, um, it's your mum's alter ego. Okay. Makes sense. Checks out. 